um, the work that I do outside of being a pastor is that I work as a coach. And um, so what you may not know is kind of how we evolved into the place that we're in now. I started with the word from God that was about living your dreams, about people living the God-given dream that God had for them, particularly women, um, using their gifts, talents, and abilities in order to be everything that God called them to be. So I began to work with women. One of the things that began to be very clear is that one of the challenges for many, many women is that finances was the thing that was holding them back from doing the thing that they needed to do. Amen, women. Almost every time I talk to a woman about her dream, the issue with her dream is not that she doesn't have a dream, it's that she cannot figure out how to get to that dream in the financial state that she is in, right? So from there, last year, we started this thing in our church called the 20% Challenge. FOC, what's the 20% Challenge? To do what? To tie 10% and to save 10% because you can't step into an opportunity if you don't have any money to step into the opportunity with. The Bible says he'll bless your storehouse. It means you actually have to have a storehouse. And if you spend every dime you have, you're not going to have a storehouse. So as you know, almost every fifth Sunday throughout the year, we take the time. Search it comes in or I come in and we talk about the things that we need to do financially. We started with some very basic things like pulling your credit score, stuff like that. Those things matter. Credit matters. So here's what I would tell you. More than what credit matters, cash flow matters. Because if you wanted to go buy a new house and the house cost $150,000 and your credit score was a 515, but you had $150,000, nobody cares about your credit. No, hear me. Nobody cares about your credit. Cash always trumps. Cash always trumps credit, right? So anyway, it evolved into this thing where I began to teach this thing, black women build wealth. Um, so you, I know we have some white people in our church, but Kathleen, who is white, is one of the hu hugest supporters of black women build wealth because I started with black women because black women are the lowest on the totem pole. And if you help black women, you can help all women. Okay. So anyway, as you know, I am having an event October 28th, right? The event is October 28th. It's going to be in this room. It's going to be from 9 to 3.30. We're going to go hard in the paint because here's the deal. Black women, if you don't stop spending all of your money on stuff that don't matter, every time a crisis comes, you're going to end up in the same situation. You cannot care more about having a designer purse than having a savings account. I'm going to say it again. You cannot care more about having a designer or purse than a savings account. You cannot care more about your kids wearing Jordans than you do about owning Nike stock and having money saved up. And so there needs to be some incredible mind shift. Well, does this benefit our church? Yes, it benefits our church because if the people in our church get in a better financial situation, then issues like getting a building are not an issue. Because we don't not have another building because we don't have vision. We don't not have another building because we don't have money. So this is only to the women to go to our church because if you're just a visitor here, I'm not talking to you because you don't go here, right? So, here, so if you're a visitor, don't take this personally. FOC women, you're not doing a good enough job of partaking in the resources that you have here. And so we're helping women create businesses. They're creating all types of things. Even if you don't want to leave your job, hear me, you ought to always have a side hustle. If you don't want to leave your job, you ought to always have a side hustle. And especially those of you who live in Walmart country, you know it is incredibly possible for you to leave work on Friday fully employed from a six-figure job and go in on Monday and not have it. You've got to have a side hustle. The Bible says like this, cast your bread up on the water, six, seven, because you don't know which one is going to prosper you. 
And so what we spend a lot of time doing is helping women work on their mindset because if you don't change your mind, it doesn't matter how much more money you get. And some of you have gotten raises and some of you have gotten promotions and they didn't benefit you. Why? Because every time you get a raise and promotion, you have to go buy something else that you don't really need. I'm not against nice things. I love nice things. Like, I really, really love nice things. What I'm against is you trading nice things for your financial freedom. What I am against is you having, what I am against is with us saying that we're having a conference and the conference costs $100 and you telling me it's going to take you two weeks to get $100 but I'm looking at you with a microcores bag and weave in your hair. That's what I'm against. You, you ought to be, you ought, at some point you have to get uncomfortable being broke and struggling. At some point, you have to say, this is not my lifestyle. FOC women, you always know this. If you come to us and you say, listen, I really want to come to the event. I cannot afford it. We are never I'm never going to turn you down if you really want to come and you can't afford it. But if you got a bunch of designer bags and you tell me you can't afford it, I'm going to tell you to sell a bag. Because at some point, it's got to be more important to you to change your finances. You've got to do something with this. I got 30 seconds. We're having an event. It's October 28th. It's $100 to get in the room. Everybody who's ever taken any type of coaching can tell you. Um, April Angel is in my program, and when Angel signed in the program, she was like, your program is way too cheap. I know that it's underpriced. It's underpriced to give you an opportunity to change your finances. But if you don't participate in the resources that you have available, some of you are like, I'm not looking for to start my own business. I don't care if you're looking for your own business. Do you have three to six months of saving expenses? Could you, if you lost everything right now, no more, more money comes back in, can you live for three months without another dime coming in? If you can't, you ought to be there. If you can live for three months but you can't live for six months, you ought to be there. If you can live for six months but you can't live a year, you ought to be there. Because I am telling you guys, if you watch the cycle of what's happening, financially things are going to get tighter. They're going to get tighter. And I'm not saying that to make you afraid, but I'm telling you that if you're struggling now and you don't fix it, it's going to come a real struggle. And it's going to be just like in 2008 when everybody thought everything was so great and then the market crashed and then people, and you know who's always affected the most? Middle class. You know why middle class always affected the most? Because middle class is the most likely to be faking. Poor people know they're poor. They live, they, they live poor. And rich people rich because that's why, um, that is why luxury brands did not go down during the recession. Pe listen. People who were buying Teslas and Bentleys, they didn't stop in the recession. They didn't stop driving. They didn't stop, they, they didn't stop building private planes in the recession because people who got money still have money. Who always gets caught up in the recession? Middle class people because you fronting. You're fronting. Your kids got thousands of dollars worth of shoes and you ain't got $1,000 in the bank. You out of bounds. You're out of integrity financially. And you got to change your mindset because if you don't change your mindset, you won't change your money. And we can pray for increase every day of the week. And here's the thing, because you go to this church, you will increase. And you know what you'll do with the increase? Do something stupid with it. Why? Because you got to have a mindset that's about the future and not just about today. So, women, 
sign up for well, I mean, for um, Wise Women Build Wealth. If you can't afford it, talk to Tamara and Chris. We could put you on a payment plan. Why don't I let you come for free? Because here's what I know. Every time I do this for free, people don't have skin in the game, don't do anything with the work. That's just the truth. Every time I've coached a client for free, they'll never do nothing with it. You know why? It don't cost you nothing. If your finances aren't important enough to you to change, if you're not sick and tired, hear me. Come on, Pastor. You, some of you, um, you, you've lived month, you, you run out of money every month. Every month you run out of money. Ain't you sick of running out of money yet? Aren't you sick of going to a church that says God has called you to give the power to get wealth and every money, every month you short, you need a tire and now you behind three months? What does it take for you to go, okay, whatever radical changes I need to do, I am willing to do it. I was telling Tay and Rock the other day, if you're willing to live like other people won't for five years, you can live better than everybody for the rest of your life. Five years. If for five years you're willing to say, it's got to get this serious for you. Listen, when I got serious about changing my finances, because the confession is this, Pastor Elwin always been a saver. I don't, I'm the one who wasn't a saver. When I got serious, you know what happened? Everything. I took my nails off. I got braids. I stopped getting my hair done every week. Not that we couldn't afford it, but that money had a better purpose. And at some point, you got to, to quote Jay-Z, you, li you living rich, but you dying broke. And at some point, you got to change your thinking if you're going to change your life. So that is my plug for that. I'm telling you this because I haven't opened it up to the public yet. I'm only taking 40 women. I open it up to my clients and FOC at the same time. My clients already got 12 of the seats. I'm going to open it to the public on Wednesday. If you don't work it out and you don't get a seat, literally, I want you to hear me, FOC. If you don't communicate and if you don't get in and the seats are gone, I'm not going to let you in because at some point, if you don't put skin in the game, you're going to stay in this place. So that's what I wanted to say to you this morning. Men, you ought to encourage your wives to go. Do, your life is better if your wife make more money. <laughs> they just left you out there. I don't think they even believe it. No, they don't even believe it. Like, if you don't want your wife to make more money, and you're not willing to empower your wife to make more money, you got other issues that we need to counsel through. I don't want my wife to make more money than me. What is wrong with you? You a team. What difference does it matter who make the most money? Come on up, babe. Go ahead, baby. I know, baby. Pastor Edwin, like, he like, say it. Tell him what you want. Well, we sharing this? Uh, you preaching with me, remember? So this is just really important because, again, I'm going to say the same thing I've been saying. How you go feed somebody if you hungry? How can you pay somebody else water bill when you don't have the money to pay your own water bill? How can you help send somebody else to school when you can't buy your kids books? And so we're talking about kingdom expansion, which is why all of this matters. And if you keep spending every dime you have, some of you, if I went in your closets right now, you got tens of thousands of dollars worth of depreciating liabilities. Ain't nothing you can do with them. Nothing you can do with them.
How many purses you need? This is what my grandma used to say. She said, why you got a $300 purse and you ain't got $300? Really, you know how, you know how silly you look to have a $1,000 purse and you ain't got $1,000? How crazy it look for you to have Jordans on your kids' feet but can't afford tutoring? <laughs> no, I mean, I think that this is just so important. Okay, whatever. Listen. <laughs> he was going to preach with me this week. He'll preach with me last, next week, and we'll finish this. This is so important to me because I'm telling you, if you watch the cycle, guys, you can see that it's going to get worse. And I'm telling you, if you are struggling today, when it gets worse, you're going to really struggle I'm going to pray, and then we can talk about it from this perspective because it's still expansion. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for these people. We thank you for a shifting of the mind, a shifting of our hearts, and a shifting of our behavior to do the things that we need to do so that we can be transformed, God. I thank you that you have provision for every family that's in here. You have provision for every person that's in here. And I thank you that you are not withholding it from us. So help us to align ourselves so that we can live in the way that you would have us to live. All right. We're going to start with Romans 12 and 2. It's, our, it's the scripture of this house. Romans 12 and 2, it is the scripture of this house. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good and perfect will of God. Romans 12 and 2. Be tra- if you don't know any other scripture, you go to this church, you ought to know John 3, 16 and Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world. So as we talk about finances, this world system is a system of living in debt and robbing Peter to pay Paul every week. He says, hey, guys, don't do that. Be transformed. It means that if you grew up in a house where the people always struggled and the only way for you not to struggle is to change your mind because you think struggle is normal. Say this. Say struggle Struggle. is not normal. normal. Say it again. Say struggle. Is not normal. normal. Say, I was not not created to struggle. struggle. I was not created to struggle. Third John 2, it says, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So he says, I want you to prosper and I want you to be in health. But the only way that you can prosper and be in health is that your soul has to be prosperous. What's your soul? Come on, guys. What's your soul? So your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, and your imagination. So here's the challenge with a lot of people regarding their finances. Intellectually, you know what you should do, but emotionally, you are deficient. Intellectually, you know that you should not let them borrow the money. But emotionally, you are attached to them, so you let them have it. You know that you cannot afford to be at the mall, but you are sad because something else is not working in your life, so you go to the mall to buy stuff you cannot afford in order to attempt to make yourself feel better. And now not only do you not have the thing that you had in your life, now you got another bill that you cannot pay. Imagination. Your imagination is broken. You don't see yourself living wealthy, so you only live broke. Here's a great, so you have to think about this. 
like this. Whatever we do, we imagine ourselves doing it first. Most things. People don't just break up. You don't, you, you, you have never just broken up with anybody. You started thinking, I don't really know why I'm doing this. I think I deserve somebody better than this. Now, y'all might have had three more good months, and then they mess around and say that one thing, and you like, I'm done with you. You did it in your mind a bunch of times before you did. So if you see broke in your mind, how do you know you see broke? You say things like this. When I get paid, my check already gone. What a raggedy confession for faith people. And let me ask you this. If every time you get paid, your check is already gone and you have already cut back everything you can cut back, what's, what, how long does it take you to get a new job? Well, they're not hiring, but I thought you was people of faith who went to a champion church, so they're not hiring other people, but they would be hiring you, right? Because in the same time that you're talking about you can't get another job, I'm watching other people get another job. Well, pastor, you don't understand. They hired me when I was down on my luck, and praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. They're the source. They're, um, they're the resource. They're not the source. So what happens a lot for women is that you get emotionally tied to people when it is not even serving your family to be there. I love my coworkers. I don't want to leave them. Can I, can I be real with you because it's my anniversary? Pastor Edwin didn't let me cancel church, so I got to be here, so I might as well just talk to you. That's dumb. We got Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and tw Twitter and text message. If you like them that much, do all of that stuff with them. But if you're not making enough at your job, you need to go find a job that you make enough at. Oh, well, I've applied for 100 jobs, and I don't get anything, any response back. Then something is wrong with your resume or your reputation. That's real talk. Will God call me to be, I tell people this all the time, I have been able to build my business the way that I build my business because it will make the money that he make. So it's not detrimental on my business. We go eat whether I make a dime or not. If you single, that ain't your confession. So what you got to do is work and then work your business at night. So here's the thing I really struggle with with people who broke. You work at a job that don't pay you enough money that you don't really like, and then you go home, and all night I'm watching you on Facebook tell me all the TV shows you're watching. How anybody broke got time to watch that much TV? Soul prosperity. You can't live above the level of your soul. We can prophesy over you. We can lay hands on you. We can actually give you money. We can have courses for resume. We can do all of that stuff. But if you broke in your soul, you go keep being broke. And that is not the work that the spirit does for you. That's the work that you do for you with the spirit. You got to read enough and study enough until you get uncomfortable being broke. And as a believer, when you read that God is giving you the power to get wealth, you ought to be aggravated to be broke all the time. So he says, beloved, above all things, I wish you would prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. So I got to deal with my emotions about money. Sometimes you just got to ask yourself, why am I buying this? So here's a very transparent moment. I am a black parent in Northwest Arkansas. 
I was telling Elwin yesterday, it took me years to let my kids go to school and look like a raggedy sixth grader. You know what I'm saying? Like other kids look, just put their clothes on. I'd be like, you ain't wearing that because they ain't going to be like, we black and we ain't got no money. We got you up here looking raggedy and stuff. And if you live in a place like Northwest Arkansas, that's probably a very real mindset for you. It's a very real mind. So all of the kids, Hispanic kids, Marshallese kids, white kids, they got on a raggedy T-shirt and some too big jogging pants. Your kid come out, you like, you ain't wearing that. You got to understand that that's in your soul that's based in a complex, a lie about white superiority that makes you believe that dressing better is now going to make somebody perceive your kid as equal, and it's not true. So I still, to this day, walk in the store, pick up stuff for my kids, and go, they don't need it, leave. Because I got to ask myself, it's a difference in buying something because they need it. It's a difference in buying something because I want them to have it and we can afford it, and buying something because I am doing something that I'm not even conscious that I'm doing, which is trying to prove that they are valuable enough. So you got to ask your stuff. All that stuff your kids got in the closet, but they don't have a savings account? They don't, they don't have any money for They're going to be the sharpest people not going to college. No, I mean, they are sharp. They're going to be so sharp not going because every year when school starts, they got whatever that whatever is. They got a new backpack, don't care books. No, I'm preaching way better than you saying amen. So you got to deal with your soul. Now, I'm going to give you a very easy way to measure how rich you are in your soul. Some of you not going to like it, but it's true. It's research-based. So in this room right now, this thermostat is set on something. Whatever this thermostat is set on, this system works to keep it at this temperature, right? You have a thermostat with your money. Yes, come on. You have a money thermostat. If you want to measure your, the temperature of your money thermostat, if you want to see what you're set on, all you got to do is look at your daily average balance. Your daily average balance. Not what happened when the deposit go in. But on an average day, how much money you have. If all you have on an average day is $100, your soul just can handle $100. No, pastor, I can handle more. No, you become what you believe. You, no, no, it's real talk. You become what you believe. Because I need you to understand, you're not struggling financially now because God has you in a holding pattern. God ain't got you broke trying to teach you nothing. We we. You broke because you keep making the same bad financial decisions. And until you stop, this is your life. You're not going to help me at all today? You know, okay. <laughs> so if you look at your account, your average daily balance, because this really, so like, because I'm being transparent. Because the people you who really need help, I want you to understand, I'm not coming at this like somebody who's lived in mastery who's always saved money. And part of my challenge is that because I believe in the goodness of God, it really is easy for me to spend every dime I have. I'm like, we're going to be all right. Watch. Watch. Right? 
but I've had to learn not to do that. So one of the ways that I began to learn that my soul wasn't as wealthy as his soul is that we have two accounts, one that I manage and one that he manage, and he always had way more money in his account, even after he had given me more money than I was supposed to have to start with. That meant his soul was more prosperous than mine. Okay. Anybody ever got a raise that was supposed to make things different? Raise your hand. Let me see your hand. Anybody as early as this past year just got an income tax return that had you used it wisely could have changed the way you live? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's okay. Uh-huh. Now, I just want to parenthetically insert this for you. That if you are still living off your income tax, I know you're not wealthy in your soul because wealthy people don't get money back. No, no. Wealthy, wealthy people ain't waiting to get a check. In fact, I'm, be, I'm like, this year we had to pay. I was like, oh, my friend who's wealthy, she was like, yeah, that's what it's like on this side. We pay. We don't get a check. She said, that's why we don't file to April 15th because we go pay. Only the people who get money back be trying to get a loan and go in on December 31st with anticipated W-2s. You ain't even got them in your hand yet. So you've gotten money before and it didn't change your life. And it didn't change your life because of your soul. So you keep asking for more money, but the solution is a more prosperous soul. Because if you get a more prosperous soul, you'll know what to do with the money when you get it. Now that's just, and then you can measure, so then you can stop blaming. You, there, we see it. There are older people who die, and they have lived in a modest little house all their life, and you think they didn't have any money. And they'll be like, Mother Jones died, and she left $170,000 to Spelman University. You're like, where did Mother Jones get $176,000? She wasn't spending everything. Compounded interest. Sometimes the money be in a mattress. Because every time you gave them something, they just stuck it in the mattress. Because here's the thing. You're believing God for increase. Someone will give you increase. You didn't even need it. You didn't expect it. And then instead of saving it, you spend it. Girl, we going to go to the movies with this. Broke mentality. You cannot spend every dime you have and expect to increase. Let's look at Matt, uh, Proverbs. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, verse 5. Y'all learn anything? I want you to start checking your account. And here's what happens is people don't really realize this. The world calls it the law of attraction. It, and, and the principle is the same no matter who's using it. You don't attract what you want, you attract what you are. I'm, I'm going to say it on this side so you know. You don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. Let me help you. So if you always dating somebody you got to fix, it's because you an enabler. And because you an enabler, you keep attracting broken people. Oh, let me fix him. Girl, you know what, girl? If we just dress him up, girl, if we just, I'm going to teach him how to talk. I'm going to help him get a better job, girl. And then you teach him how to talk, you dress him better, and he get a better job, and he marries Sue. 
Because you didn't want a relationship. You wanted to fix somebody. Selah, Selah, Selah. And then some of you women, you mad because your husband don't make more money. Here's my question. Why don't you? No, I mean, like, there is no rule in the Bible that says that the husband has to make the most money. So if you want to live at another level, why are you hounding your man? Step your game up. You got gifts, talents, and abilities. Well, I'm a, I'm a virtuous woman. Look at that sister. She a bad sister. The virtuous woman was a bad sister. He said, her, um, Solomon's mama said, boy, you better marry you somebody like this. Somebody who doesn't become so dependent on you that they don't increase unless you increase. It's so funny. So many times women, women want to be in a power couple, but you ain't got no power. You want to be in a power couple, but he got all the money, he got all the credit, he got all the whatever, and you think because you quasi-fine that that qualifies to get all of the money. They make fine a dime a dozen. Real, listen, a man, a, a man will play with anything. A man marry his equal. A man marry somebody that can help him keep the tempo. A man marry a woman that know how to make a superstar. Right. You can, we can buy fine. I could be fine in eight weeks. In eight weeks, I can be fine. Any woman worth her, hear me ladies, any woman worth her salt know how to make a man a superstar. No, real, can, I, can I help y'all? It's always interesting to me when people, when women approach him and they think they want him. They don't really want him, they want me. No, I'm trying to help y'all. They don't want they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't want him. They want me. Because I am the one who put the wind behind his back. I'm the reason. Babe, can, can I say this? Can, can I say this? Wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, this is real talk. People think, people, women think they want him. They don't want him. They want me. Because before he met me, he let women give him money. He gave me the money that they gave him. They, he don't, they don't want him. They want us. Because if you take him, he going to let you pay for him. Let me parenthetically insert for all of you women that if you date a man, 
who will let you pay for everything. I ain't saying, wait a minute, let me help you. Because if you, if you got money, you ought to be to bring something to the table too. But I'm saying if you date a man that'll let you pay for everything, you ain't it. Because when a man want a woman, there is an internal switch that comes on in a man that makes him rise and be better. Men, am I lying? Real talk. A man can date a nice girl. She can be nice. She can be cute. She can be sweet. She can cook real good. She can put it on him because y'all know y'all have sex before y'all get married. She can do all of that. She can pole dance. She can twerk. She can make it pop. She can do all of that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you lying. You lying. You lying. <laughs> I ain't think about you. I'm glad you sitting over there. But what I'm trying to tell you is that if you ain't it and you do all of that, no, he's still at home playing video games while you doing all that. But when a man find a woman, that's the woman. He want to be better. He can't help it. When, when Kenosha and Rick were dating early, I said, one of the ways that you can tell if a man is your man is how he responds when you speak. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use them because they date. Carrie, what's your name? This is Nairi and Carrie, they're dating. And Carrie, my girl, so I'll be watching on social media so I know they've been dating and stuff, right? But he don't live here and she and he here this weekend. Because she live here. So when you date a man and you always got to be gone, you ain't it. Now what you do is you make yourself feel better and you go, but he live in Dallas. But if you lived in, if you lived in Princeton, Arkansas, population 42, and he wanted you, he'd get his way to Princeton. But the fact that you always got to go, he booed over somebody else when you ain't there. No, that's real talk. No, I'm just trying to help you. If he don't come to you, no, because this is about money. And this is why this is about money. Because women submit themselves under a man. That's how God designed it. So if you submit yourself under somebody who is less than you to begin with, you never go reach your potential. It's the law of the lead. You go always be tapped out because you had eight potential, but you married a five because he was fine. And then you want, see, look, guys, fine go away. Fine go away. I don't care. You even know if they show you them old bodybuilders, you can see them wrinkles in that. They're not fine like they 21. People lose their hair. People get gray. You can't just pick somebody because they got cute hair. Look at their daddy and see if they still got hair when they're 35. So you pick without understanding that you're going to be submitting yourself to someone who, if they don't have the potential to cultivate your greatness, you go always be stifled. Any real man love when his woman shines. Because he know that her shine make him look good. 
if your wife is on fire at work, you ought to be the one getting, she working extra hours. You work hourly. Cook. It ain't no rule in this Bible that say the woman's supposed to cook. It ain't no rule in this book because what, no, I'm telling you because this is important because as a woman, if you attach your soul to somebody with low potential, you go always be frustrated. And you go always having to be dummy down. That's why when you date, you should use all your big words on the front end. You need to use all your big words on the front end. Use all your big words on the front end. Take them to all the places you really like to shop and you like to go on the front end so we real clear about who I am. This matters because the Bible says that when people get married, they're supposed to go into a covenant, which means we should be able to do more together than we could have done apart. I make him better, he makes me better. I make him better, he makes me better. But if you marry the wrong person, not only are you spending all your time trying to make somebody better, but you're not getting better because you're getting the life sucked out of you because you married to somebody who don't want to be better. And you got to understand this. Everybody doesn't want to live at a certain level. It doesn't mean, it's nothing wrong with that. But, when, so, people fly, right? Okay, people travel. Some people don't care if they have to take a Greyhound bus to get there. I care. I care a whole lot. I care so much I ain't going. I ain't going. If I got to take Greyhound bus, I ain't going. Some people don't care when they fly if they sit in the back. I care. I care. I really want to, I, I want to sit first class. As I would fly first class all the time, but he won't let me because he'd be like, that doesn't make sense. But I, so I use my faith for the time. I'm like, now, Lord, you, now you know I'm supposed to sit up here in the front of this plane. You know I'm supposed to sit up in front. Well, we were having this conversation the other day. He was like, would you pay to sit first class to fly to Dallas? I'm like, absolutely. It's first class. And it's just money. But in real life, I don't even want to be on a plane with people I don't know. I don't want to be on a plane with people I don't know. If I don't know you, I don't want you on my plane. That's really how I want to fly. I messed around and flew on a private plane with a friend. I was like, um, this, this, this is life. I, this is, but if you don't want to fly that way, that's fine. But if you marry somebody who want to try, take Greyhound, and you want to fly first class, y'all going to always have problems. That's why you got to ask them kind of questions. You got to know that. We can be broke today, but I need to know where you see yourself. I need to know where you see yourself. Do you read? Because if, if, if you, no, no, do you read? Reading is fundamental. You broke and you don't read? Girl, we ain't going nowhere. Let me, let me quit. We not. Can you at least follow instructions? Maybe you ain't, maybe you're not the most intellectual, but if I say, baby, but if you a carpenter and I say, baby, let's how to build this thing, this we go expand it, are you going to be like, well, girl, I done made $1,000 this week. I'm tired. Oh, no. You got to know that. That's real talk. Pastor Ellen said, 
Does he have some gumption? Women ought to be on the, like, listen. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure one of a bunch of kids in here. Listen, let me tell you something. Sex is amazing if it's done right. If it's done right. If it ain't done right, it's not amazing. And if you don't think it's amazing, somebody's not doing it right. So I just want you to know that. So somebody, somebody, it's, it's amazing. Um, but money is better than sex. No, money better than sex. And, and if you want to prove it, figure out how many days you can go without sex and how many days you can go without money. And then you'll know that money trumps sex. No, real talk, real talk. Money trumps sex. Because you can discipline yourself not to have sex. You can't discipline yourself not to eat. You can't be like, we ain't got no money. I ain't going to eat for the next 45 days. No, no, no. Money trumps sex. And you pick people because they can beat your back out. No, you, that's why you pick people. You pick people because he lay it down. But do his debit card work every time you swipe it. All right, let me wrap up this thing right here. Listen, you shouldn't make me preach on my anniversary. You should just let me go. You should just let me take a vacation day on my. I told Pastor Elwin you should just let take me on a trip. Duly noted. Duly noted. <laughs> no, but no, but this is real talk. So you pick people for reasons. I'm not saying sex don't matter. I'm saying that if you don't have great sex, but you can take me to Fiji, I can work through that. But if you got great sex and we on an air mattress for 10 years. You're not going to keep having sex with me on this air mattress. Not having sex on no air mattress. <laughs> I'm 45. <laughs> you better have a bed with a good mattress and a mattress cover. You 45. First of all, you, you in your 30s and you ain't married, you shouldn't be having sex anyway. But you letting people have sex with you like you 16. They got you at the day's end. What in the world? They coming by your house at night so they don't know your lights off. They got a wad of money and your lights off. Okay, wait. No, no, what? This just stuff I want to say to women sometimes. This is what you say. Why you looking like you shamed? This is what you say. <laughs> but I'm saying that women, you have to think because you're going to align your soul with somebody. You're going to put yourself under the submission of somebody. And here's the thing. Even if he doesn't necessarily want to make as much money as you want to make, you ought to have somebody who ain't standing in your way and then hating on you because you make more money. I mean, at least if you don't want to make what I want to make, get out the way and let me do it and don't sweat me about stuff like I'm a housewife. 
I'm not Marion Cunningham. I got other stuff to do. So you have to begin to look at your soul because your soul is dictating your whole life. It's dictating what you spend. It's dictating who you date. It's dictating who you marry. It's dictating your friends. Research says that your life will be within 20% of the five people you spend the most time with. The five people you spend the most time with. So I'm just telling you, if the five people you spend the most time with broke and they not serious about not being broke, all six of y'all go be broke for your whole life. That's real talk. If you hang with people and people don't want better, you get sucked into not having better by virtue of hanging with them. I'm going to give you a very practical example of this right here. So if all of your friends can only afford to go to Chili's and you want to go to Ruth Chris, most likely where are you going to go eat with them? Chili's. If all your friends, you go be at Chili's and be mad, or Ruth Chris paying for everybody. And all I'm saying is this, all I'm saying is this, is that it, ain't, it, it ought to be cool to pay for everybody at Ruth Chris, Chris once, but y'all shouldn't just be able to go to Ruth Chris because you can pay. So then what ends up happening is that because your environment is always working on you, you end up living shrunk back without even realizing it. This, the, other is, the other side of it is true. If everybody you hang with is serious about saving and good credit, then either you go step up or you go fall out the group. I, this is what we tell our kids. We say, listen, you need to marry somebody that the whole family like. Now, this real, everybody don't talk to their kids like this, but this real talk. You need to marry somebody that the whole family like, and I'm going to tell you why. Because if you don't, when we go on vacation, they can't come. Because we not going to go on a family vacation and be uncomfortable because you married a jerk. So if they can't pass the test, and this is actually like, like, Chase actually put this test in place, and I thought it was so smart, and I didn't even realize he was doing it. He said when he found it, whenever he liked a girl, he would bring her over to the house. Well, at our house, all the kids typically hang in a room together. He said, and he would have her in the room, and he wouldn't tell his siblings to leave. And if she texted him and asked him to put his brothers and sisters out, he ain't dated no more. Because he like, if you ain't about family, you can't rock with me. That's legacy building right there. That's expansion building right there. Because who you marry does impact your family. It impacts the whole group. We don't want you marry somebody and every time he come in, we like, oh, here he come. Here they come. We text, we, having a, we gotta have a secret group meet for the real trips. So we have a trip for y'all and then a real trip. And then on that trip, we don't post no pictures because we don't want you to know we went on a trip without you. We just tell you the truth. We don't like Joe, and if you marry Joe, I'm not sure what y'all going to do. Joe ain't going. Joe can't go. Joe can't go. Why does this matter? Because if we're building wealth, if we're building expansion, we typically do it together. We typically do it together. If you hang with selfish people and you're generous, 
They go get all your money or you go leave them behind. That's how it's going to work. Them is the two choices right there. So you got to change your thinking. So here are some activities I want you to do. One, I want you to pay attention to what your daily average balance is because it tells you how wealthy you are in your soul. And if you find yourself every time you save $300, something manages to get some of the money, that's because that's really what's in your soul. Even if it's people. So if you say, and everybody got a limit. Like Pastor Edwin and I talk about a giving level, level, choke level. Everybody got a choke level giving. Everybody, like some people, we ask you for a hundred dollars. You're like, hundred dollars? I ain't giving y'all no hundred dollars. Some people are like hundred dollars, man, cool. Five hundred dollars. I ain't giving y'all no five hundred dollars. Some people thousand dollars. But everybody got a limit. You also have those things in your own savings. If every time you get up to $2,500, you find a reason to spend the money, your soul got about $2,500 worth of wealth that he can stay in the seat sitting over there. No, that's real talk. That is real talk. About $2,500. Some of you sitting at $10,000. Some of you, because, and let me tell you why you have to include, why you only have to look at daily, ballot, daily average balance. Because money that you don't see every day isn't a measurement. So your retirement account that you're not looking at, they taking that from you. That's not the same thing. What can you keep when you manage? What can you multiply? And so some of it is that you got to get free from whatever causes you to spend money like you do. I'm not saying don't have nice stuff. In our family, one of the things that we talk about, just, just some practical things, we, talk, we use our faith. We say, how can we do it? We don't ever say we can't do anything. We just say, how can we do it? Sometimes how we can do it is we got to wait and do some other things first. So we don't tell our kids, no, you can't. No, we don't say, no, you can't have Jordans, but we might say this, well, all I got is 85. What you got? All I'm willing to spend on shoes today is $85. What you got? And then when they say they don't have none, I'd be like, see, there you go. Spend every dime you got. Because I, I had chicken here, but you went to Cane's. So your Jordans went to Cane's. See, it's just simple things like that that you start processing out. It's like this. It was like, okay, you needed a Sonic drink. You needed Starbucks every day. And so them jeans you wanted, they had Starbucks. It's not that you couldn't have had them. It's that you didn't plan for it. One of the key differences between wealthy people and people who have a poverty mindset is poverty mentality live for today. And wealth is for the future. Because you got to ask yourself, what sense does it make to spend all of this money? I was thinking about this, like back to school clothes. Back to school clothes don't even really make sense unless your kids outgrew their clothes or got real raggedy over, like, like if they got right, right. But like, because the truth of it is, is that it ain't gonna be cold till like October and November, and then your kids probably go grow the first quarter because they all a school because they almost always do. So then all the stuff that you bought is now too short and you can't use it, right? But then your kid will be like, I need a tutor or I need ACT prep, and you like, we don't have no money for that. Well, why you don't have any money for that? Like, why was shoes more important than that? So these things matter because, number one, a broke people is a broke church. Hear me. A broke people is a broke church. A broke church is a broke community. Because when something goes wrong in the community, everybody look for, to the church. And I'm like, you, you want the church to feed 5,000 people when don't but 100 people go and don't but 20 of them give? 
so you got to look at your own soul. So number one assignment, check your daily average balance over the next 30 days. See what you do. Talk to yourself about your wealth. Number two, please, if you haven't already, put all your bills together. Like, having your bills, one in the bathroom, one in the car, one on your dresser, and one in the kitchen, it don't make you owe less money. It just make you less aware of what you owe. So get a real estimate of what it takes for you to live for a month. And be honest with yourself. Like, listen, we're not, by nature, we're not cut back people. So we're never trying to do a budget that goes down to the bare minimum. It's one of the reasons I don't like Dave Ramsey. I tried Dave Ramsey. I ended up spending all that money in the envelope because he told me I couldn't go to Starbucks. I was like, never? Like, for a year? That's stupid. I'm going to Starbucks. Because the truth of it is that if you work hard and you don't reward yourself in some small way, you go, you ball out. It's, it, it is the reason that they give you a cheat day on a diet plan because they know if they don't give you a cheat day, you go cheat every day. So you got to say, what does it really take? What does that really look like? What's it necessary for my family? For example, me and Edwin, we're going to have one date night a week, one date something a week. We got five kids. We're going to date because we're very committed to liking each other when the kids are gone. So we got to date. That's a necessary expense for us. It's like water bill. Know what else? On Sunday, we go eat out every Sunday unless somebody else cook. Don't ever ask me what I'm cooking on Sunday. Nothing. <laughs> I'm never cooking on Sunday. Ever. For any reason. Now, I may get some people to cook, but I am not cooking anything on Sunday. Ever. Because I work on Sunday. See me up here working? What's also necessary for us is to be able to put our kids in the activities that funnel their dreams. Which means that sometimes we have to tell our kids that, hey, instead of doing this, we need to do this because we need resources for that. Have a family meeting. One of the biggest mistakes that people do is you don't bring your kids to the table and then you don't understand why your kids don't understand what's happening because you didn't tell them. And truth, understand that that's a cultural thing. The reason we don't bring our grandmothers didn't bring us to the table is because they didn't want to tell us it wasn't enough. So they, so they kept the little notebook over there hidden because they didn't want you to know how bad it really was. You shouldn't still be doing all the stuff grandmama and them were doing because they were doing that out of a place of struggle. You make four times what your grandmother made. So have a family meeting. What are our goals for this year? What do we need to do? What, do we, what does everybody want to do? Oh, you want to take dance? You want to take basketball? Because if you want to be on an AAO team, AAU team, they cost money. More than the sign-up fee. And then you can't put your kids in activity like Kanan's in ballet. And then we found out that, like, when she gets on point, that, like, point shoes are, like, $120. And they have to, like, be changed, like, really often. So you got to have the money for it. You can't have your kid up there dancing on shoes with splinters talking about we ain't got no money duct taping the shoes. You got to have a plan for that. You, you got to have a plan for that. If my kid is going to be in tennis, what's the cost of tennis? Not just the racket, not just the lesson, but when the shoes go out. When they, you can't have your kids out there and they don't have no real tennis outfit. They out there in jeans playing tennis. 
You got them on the swim team in sweatpants. They got to have a uniform. <laughs> they out there swimming in basketball shorts. They'll gain 10 seconds if you just get them a suit. But that money comes from somewhere. So you got to talk about where it comes from. You got to plan it out. Your kid is going to be a senior. If your kid is in 10th grade or 11th grade, they're going to be a senior. You know that they're going to need a ring and they're going to need senior pictures. Please don't yell at them kids when it's time to pay for that stuff that you knew was coming. Graduation is not a shock. Christmas is coming. Here's the challenge for FOC. Here's the challenge. No debt Christmas. That means this week you ought to be sitting down with your kids finding out what they want. And you may have to say to them, that thing right there, that's, that's a next year thing. That ain't a Christmas thing. Because we got a plan, a no debt Christmas. So you got to start now if you want a no debt. But if you're looking at me and you're like, Pastor I don't have the money for any of that. Then here's what you got to do. You got to honestly assess if you really don't make enough money or if you're blowing your money. And if you really don't make enough money, you need to get another job. Not yet. They could find additional streams of income, but they probably not, because if they were, they probably would have. Find an, get additional stream of income. Find another. But if you get an additional stream of income, this is, the, this is from Sean School Business 101. Okay? When you broke, you're not building a business first, you're hustling first. You're hustling. So if you don't have no money, you don't need business cards. You got social media. You can make a flyer on Word Swag. You can put it on your Instagram, on your Facebook, and ask people to share it. But you don't have money to be like, I need letterhead, I need furniture. You ain't, you ain't, got, you ain't got clients. You don't need furniture. They, can, they just, just put your phone up in front of them. And they, but you, you, you got to hustle. If you're single and you don't have kids, you don't have to. Pastor Ellen says this all the time. You can do anything temporarily. It don't have to be forever. If you're single and you don't make enough money, and you can't get another job, get a part-time job. What else you doing? You ain't married, you ain't got kids. When Tay and them first started working, she'd be like, ooh, I work nine hours a day. But it's 24 whole hours in a day. What are you talking about? So it's 24 whole hours in a day. So you, if you're single and you're struggling, because I'm not talking forever, I'm talking about to position yourself for better. If you're, if you're single and you're struggling and you don't make enough money, real simple, work your day job, get you a part-time job in the mall. They about to hire in the mall. Get you a job at Starbucks. They get insurance at Starbucks. Get you another job, and then the money from the other job, don't blow it. Save it. But if you get another job, work a part-time job, and then you go get a new car, you defeat the purpose. You're going to be in both them jobs for 15 years. Guys, this is real talk because you know what splits up marriages and why families struggle? Lack of two things that typically money and sex. I say this every time I say this. You can't be married and have both of them. You can't be broken and have bad sex. Nobody's staying long-term for that. 
No, they're just not. They're just not. We can't be struggling financially every week and bad sex every week. Just somebody just going to be like, Lord, I repent. I want out. I want out and I'm leaving. But if after you have good sex, you ain't got insurance. See, that's what you don't realize. Like at 21, you don't care much about insurance. At 45, you like insurance, real talk, baby. What's your insurance plan? What's your copay? Can I go to the dentist? Right. That's the kind of stuff you need to be. Can I go to the dentist? Because stuff like that matter. Not, can he buy me a purse and ain't no money in it? I'm just telling you guys, because this is real talk. Pass that one. You come do the office? This why I don't cook on Sunday ever. This why I don't cook on Sunday ever. I, I, I really, from the bottom of my heart, I hate to see people struggle. I do. I hate to see people struggle. And I hate to see people struggle when the resources are out there. There are people in this church who said, well, look at your resume. There are people in this church who have said, hey, we got a job opportunity. You don't apply. Like, you can't, Jesus is not going to come down and change your life. He's not going to come down and take your hand and walk you to a new job. He's not going to make you buy a house. He's not going to drag you out the mall when you're spending money that you don't have. And some of you, you may not be, oh, yeah, that's good. Some of you, you're not mauling your money away. You convenience and store your money away. So you go to the convenience store and you buy a Red Bull. You get your membership at Sam's or go online and buy your case of Red Bull for cheaper. Then you can walk into the store and just buy a Red Bull every day. Just stuff like that. You can begin to make some easy decisions. Save your change. Save your change is a good way to save. And this is the truth. If you really don't know what to do with your money and you're doing bad, you need to ask somebody. There's some people in this church that's really good at managing money. They're really, if you're really good at managing money, lift your hand. I, I know some of y'all. Nigel, like, there's some people in here who really good at it. And if you're not really good at it, you really need to ask for some help. Pastor Elwin is really good at managing money, too. He's also really, really good at helping you plan for something big that you want to do that you don't to get the money for. He's really good at that. And what I'm really good at doing is helping you take something you already got in your hand and make money from it. Let your church help you 